Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the Whiskey Sessions Podcast. This is episode 58. What's up, B-Pimp? Keeping it semi-authentic. Keeping it semi-authentic. That's our new catchphrase. We don't want to be too real, too authentic, but we also don't want to be fakers or posers. Somewhere in between. Well, if you've ever like dealt with someone who's real, it's a lot. So let's meet them halfway. Can I be honest? Yeah, it is sometimes a little too much. It's like, please put on at least a little bit of like a fake veneer because your realness is, uh, I, I, I don't want any part of that. It's suffocating. Yeah, it is. It's like a little too intense. I'm trying to make like small talk and like have a good time and you being like too direct and honest is like kind of killing my buzz. It's like you go up to someone and say, hey, how about that sports team? And they go, well, have you heard about the situation in Darfur recently? Yeah, and it's like global warming is going to kill us all. Like, we all know that already. I still want to enjoy these nachos. It's a t- We're in a ticking time bomb. We're aware. Yeah, it's... Uh, no, I don't need it. So that, that is why this this podcast, it's not totally fake like Comedy Bang Bang is. It's not totally authentic like WTF tries to be with Mark Marin tries to get people to spill their secrets. None of that. We're in between. We're that sweet spot. We're the great middle of America. <laughs> middle of the road. <laughs> the middle, yes, the middle <laughs> of the road. And not only are we in that sweet spot, that middle of America, that middle of the road, but we drink whiskey. Sometimes we drink rum. Sometimes, accidentally, we pick up a bottle of rum and we drink that. Uh, and if you didn't catch that on our last episode, uh, I accidentally bought rum and not whiskey to try. Please do yourself a favor and go listen to that. Yeah, that was a mistake. But you know what? It happens. It happens when your podcast is semi-authentic, middle of the road, middle America. It's just, it's it, you're living a semi-authentic life, and that's really the highest compliment that I could give anyone. It really is. But, going away from middle America, middle of the road, I, I want to say this, because this is not a mistake I made. A beer I got to taste, uh, that I am drinking right now as we record, is very enjoyable. And I wanted to share it with our listeners, um, not to brag or anything like that, but... If you are a listener of the Whiskey Sessions podcast and you don't live in California, next time you come to California, and please do, pick up a bottle of Pliny the Elder from Russian River Brewing Company. Uh, it's a it's a brewing company that's about an hour north of the Bay Area. I went there a couple of weekends ago. Uh, I got some Pliny the Elder. It's a favorite beer of mine. I know it's one the best beer in America for, if not one year, several years. And I forget who actually was awarding it, but it is a fine, fine beer. Beer Advocate had it as one of the best, I know. Yeah, there you go. So I'm I'm drinking some Pliny the Elder. I know a lot of people also like Pliny the Younger, um, uh, and I didn't have that. But uh, yeah, this is great. And it's... It's a beer that I think you can only get in California now. It, it used to be that they would ship it up and down the West Coast because I knew it, you could get it in Seattle, but I'm not sure you can anymore. So they've really they've actually scaled back their production. Yeah, there's a few of those around the country that uh, I've 
I need to visit some places just to have a couple of these beers. Like there's one in Vermont. I'm blanking on the name. It's like one of those lore, you know, the story, like this is the best. Mm-hmm. Um, beer. Oh man, it's going to bother me. But uh, as we know, we don't have Google. So, well, nope, no Googles. Um, but yeah, Plenty of the Elder is definitely one of those two. I got oh, to get out there and try that. And I've got uh, the pint bottle here. Um, it's 8% alcohol by volume. So you know that this episode is going to get better as it goes on. Uh, but it's yeah. going to get boozy. Yeah. And also, actually, I might as well say this because I haven't even said this on the podcast, I realized. But I went up to Russian River Brewing where they make Pliny the Elder a couple of weeks ago. Uh, or a few weeks ago. And also, while we were there, they have a little gift shop. And I picked up a onesie uh, that says Tiny Pliny. And on the back of the onesie, it says Half Pint. And the reason I picked that up is because we are having a kid. It's not because you like to collect tiny clothes? No, that would be super weird. It is because we are having a kid. So come July, uh, I may hopefully, well, clearly hopefully, uh, come July, I will be a father. It's so exciting. Congratulations. We have a, uh, an heir to the Whiskey Sessions fortune. It's 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 a lovely thing. That is a nice thing. Like, at what point can my kid join the Whiskey Sessions podcast? Do they have to be 21 or no? I'm okay with immediately. They wouldn't even be able to taste test, but... I mean, um, a little bit, though. If they're teething, a little whiskey oh, on the gums is okay, I think. Yeah, and if they stop crying, that means that's smooth. Yeah, I think... Ooh, I like that as a barometer. Yeah. They stop crying, it's on the smooth train. They keep crying, that gets the boot train. It gets the boot straight into Wawa Station. Yeah. Ooh, I like that too. Uh, that's in Philadelphia, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right, but speaking of the smooth train or the boot train, B-Pimp, I think you've got a whiskey for everybody, all of our listeners to try. What are you drinking today? I don't know if I have enough for all of the listeners to try, but I oh. have enough for me to try. Okay, We. I think we were under the impression that you are going to ship everybody shot glasses of the whiskey. Oh man, that would be so. That would be like great marketing. It would be great marketing. Would on shipping costs probably put us under immediately. Well, you know, sometimes you got to spend money to make money. That's true. You're thinking up startup life. You belong in the Bay Area. That is the startup way of thinking. And then I could get a fancy coffee maker and everything. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I do have a whiskey. It's and in fact, it's not just a whiskey. It's a ridiculously small batch bourbon. That's how they market it they called it ridiculously um, small batch yeah it says it wow in mul- multiple places it's like on the front label um or no very small batch is what it's officially labeled and then if you look at the little little card that comes with it they call it the ri- ridiculously small batch difference but wow. it's jefferson's Ooh, is it and, from jefferson no, it's got it's. I think it's Thomas Jefferson because there's a picture of him on the back of the bottle. Ah, there we go. Uh, it comes in a seersucker bag. If you're a follower of us on Twitter, you saw a picture of this. Oh yeah, that that bag said everything I needed to know about how great this whiskey's going to be. I could be wrong, and I don't want to like like prop it up too much already. But that was a sweet bag. I mean, I'm going to use this bag for like knickknacks and stuff. Oh yeah. Anything. 
You could but use it, it for another bottle of whiskey. Yeah, I could just like put any bottle that I have in here and then fool people and they think I'm drinking Jefferson's. Wouldn't that be hilarious if you put like a a plastic bottle of ancient age in that bag and then pulled it out at a party and they're like, what the hell, dude? <laughs> it's like a kid's birthday. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you drinking, sir? Well, I've got Jefferson's. Yeah. Um, okay, well, it's the picture of Thomas Jefferson is like etched in the back of the bottle. So you can see it through the whiskey. Whoa. And if you move it around, it looks like Thomas Jefferson's dancing in whiskey. Holy shit. It's pretty cool. It's like, I've never seen it before. But that bag really caught my eye. They, they knew what they were doing. So it's it's uh, Louisville, Kentucky. And Good it's state a for whiskey, I hear. They've got some... <laughs> They've got uh, a couple whiskeys down there. Yeah. And it's a 41.15% alcohol by volume, so it's 82.3 proof. Wow, that's specific. Very specific. And it also, when you turn it around, it looks like Thomas Jefferson turned around and is looking at you from a different direction. Wow, so he just kind of follows you everywhere you go, or what? Yeah, it's like one of those paintings. Yeah, um, those creep me out. Yeah, so keep that in mind if you want this. You may get scared. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's numbered batch number 611 and bottle number 647. Nice. So I'm going to pop this cork fresh for you listeners. How are, are you drinking it neat? You're drinking it on the rocks? It's on the rocks. My my Stilo. Glug, glug, glug. Pour a little bit in there. Here's a question for you. Have you ever mixed whiskey with Mountain Dew before? Uh, I haven't, but... Well, I've tasted it, but I haven't done it myself. Do you recall in college... There was that guy that we sort of used to see at parties all the time whose name I don't remember. And You're talking about had... most of college. <laughs> <laughs> he, he always had a bottle of Gatorade with whiskey in it. Uh, that's disgusting. I remember I tried to do Gatorade with vodka. Gatorade is not a good mixer. No, but it just it was like it was lemon lime Gatorade, so it's like so close in color to Mountain Dew. I feel like I don't know. The taste is probably a little bit different, but yeah. All right, tell us. How is this ridiculously small batch? So I forgot to mention it's a, a small batch blend of straight bourbons. So Ooh. they take multiple bourbons that they've made in new charred oak barrels and mix them together. And then you get a little tiny batch and then put it in a bottle. Thomas Jefferson follows you around and then I taste it. Nice. All right, be pimp. The listeners are dying to know. Well, first of all, give us give us your thoughts on it. Maybe let's not spoil the smooth versus boot. It's um, tasted it a couple times. It's got a nice aroma, very caramely. Hmm. The color is also very pleasing. It's not. It's a very. Um, it's car. The color is caramely too. It's like a perfect bourbon color, and it's the taste is as it's intriguing. It's I need a couple couple sips yeah give it a second and third thought i really i really think it is a kind of a deep bourbon it's got a lot of layers to the taste so when you first sip it it is very smooth and mellow Mm -hmm. and then as it like it lingers a little bit with kind of a what's the there's like a very distinct taste that like leaves it on the back of your tongue it's not like metallic or all at all is it no it's a natural good it's like a it's a good snap to a a bourbon finish like 
some of them are so smooth that you drink it and it doesn't give you that mm-hmm. kind of that little warmth. Um, this one has both the smooth and mellow flavor at the front and a nice kick. I like that. Calling it a kick or like a snap finish. I like what you're saying. That like, like That's a good way of describing it. Guess what, Thomas Jefferson, even though you're creeping me out, you're getting on the smooth train. Yeah! But he's like, he's like on the the back of the smooth train looking back at you in a weird way. Yeah, it's not him. It's a, it's like a cardboard cutout, like in uh, Three Men and a Baby, that where everybody thought it was a ghost. Ooh, man, that is a pull. I am not on that train with you. <laughs> you gotta look that up. <laughs> I guess I do. If you, there's a scene in that movie where it looks like there's a ghost, but it's a cardboard cutout of Ted Danson. Okay. Um, <laughs> so that's what I'm going to say is my summary of Jefferson's bourbon. It's like a movie you've never seen. It's like a movie you've never seen <laughs> and a very specific one-second clip from that film. Yeah. Uh, I like it. Okay, that's a good way to put it. I'm glad we have uh, another whiskey on the smooth train. To our listeners, go out and get it. Uh, what is it called one more time for our listeners? Jefferson's a very small batch bourbon. Okay. And not just for our listeners, but what's it called for our listeners? Oh, I, I only talk to our listeners. Oh, okay, good. I just wanted to make sure our listeners can, you know, bite it for all I care. We care about our listeners. You hear that, listeners? Yeah, and that means that this episode is just going to keep getting better. Uh, so what we are talking about for this episode is our top five cult tv shows now if you listen to last time we talked about our top five cult movies so this is kind of like a a twofer if you will uh but we're going from the big screen to the small screen we're talking about our top five cult tv shows and b pimp is there any anything you learned when you were putting together this list i learned that i had the most restraint putting together this list where i didn't just fill the top five with like shows i wanted to talk about i kept a couple as honorable mentions that I think sometimes I have a tendency to just like push things up if they're my, some of my faves. Mm-hmm. So I think I had good list neutrality. That's good to hear. I found with my list, and we've talked about other things, there's a lot of overlap. I think my number one is probably a number one on another list. Uh, so, you know, some of this, like, I, I'm realizing I like cult TV shows. If somebody goes in front of me and says, hey, what do you think about Big Bang Theory? I'm going to say, not good. You're just going to laugh at them like a laugh track? Yeah, if somebody says, how did you like Two Broke Women? I'm going to say, I didn't. Is it, isn't it Two Broke Girls? Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> the actual <laughs> show... <laughs> the actual show is, is meaner to them than I would be. But I you're, still did not like the show. Your version is later. They're going to do like a <laughs> reboot where they're Oh, older. Christ, I hope not. That show was awful. All right. Um, Let's get to it then. Without further ado, these are our top five cult TV shows. More than four, less than six. It's the top five. All righty. We're talking about cult TV shows. My number five is Xena, Warrior Princess. This was one of my favorite shows growing up. I think it counts as a cult show. Uh, mostly because it was, like, syndicated. So it was clearly never that popular. And Lucy Lawless, as much as I slur her name, kicks ass in it. 
She's I'm a huge fan of hers. Um, she was very funny in a in a little run she had on Curb Your Enthusiasm. She was good in that. She was also good in the run that she had on um, Parks and Recreation. Oh, I don't know if I saw that. Oh, yeah, I did see that. Yeah, I agree. She's a, a very alluring person to me. I find her intriguing. I will say it did not connect with me at all as like a 12-year-old that there were questions about whether she was playing a lesbian or not. There were? Like in, <laughs> in public commentary or on the show? Not on the show, I don't think. But I remember she hosted Saturday Night Live uh, while that show was still running. And that was the joke, that obviously her and her sidekick were lesbian lovers. And I was like, well, really? Well, that was, yeah, that was probably only about 23 or so years ago, but we've come a long way in that time. Yep. And I will say I did not pick up on that as a 12-year-old. All right, what is your number five? My number five is a show that I haven't seen. Nice. (laughs) Which is Veronica Mars. Oh, good pick. I saw this on a ton of lists, and I kind of want to watch this show, but, I mean, we should say that it's on your list. I kind of want to watch this show, but the other Brian, uh, B-Mac, who we lived with for a couple of years, was a huge fan of the show. Yeah, I always remember him talking about it and trying to get me to watch it, and I didn't. No. And to this day, I have never seen it, but... I, I have always heard that it had an extremely devoted and maniacal fan base, and therefore I had to I had to rank it. Yeah, I think that's fair. Kristen Bell is great, and it reminds me too that I've heard really good things about the show The Good Place, but I have not seen that either. I have yet to watch an episode. Same thing. Hear nothing but good things. Yeah, but you know I don't know. I'm too busy watching YouTube videos. That's how it goes. All right. My number four is Aqua Teen Hunger Force on good old Adult Swim. Excellent choice. Thanks. So what I like about the show, and I have a terrible biases because when they were putting out their little DVD packages, I can't remember if it was like season three or season four or whatever it was, I actually submitted a song to them and they put it on like some clip art section of the DVD, which I thought was really cool as like a background music. So I have, like, one of my songs on their DVD sets. And because I did that uh, and unwittingly, I think, gave up all rights to that song. Not like it was going to make money on my behalf. But they did send me the DVD for free and a t-shirt and actually even, like, an action figure. Which is, like, what the hell am I going to do with an action figure? But they, uh, between that and the fact that there was a period in college where I really enjoyed getting high and watching that show... Uh, it's definitely maintained a place in my heart. I, I remember you getting swag when, when that happened, and I was like, that's awesome. I was psyched to get that swag. I was like, holy shit. Because it, it also it like took a while, and I kind of forgot that I like submitted the song. And then all of a sudden, I got all this shit. I was like, whoa. But so there you That's go. another one that I, I like that show when I've seen. I've seen like a handful of episodes, and I always thought it was funny. Yeah. But I never watched it like completely in its entirety so it didn't occur to me for this list no and i definitely haven't watched it in its entirety either i think it like it kept going for like years after i watched it but i i did like those first few seasons and i think it's just like because of that show i think it's freaking hilarious that like 
Turner Broadcasting owns one of my songs. Yeah. <laughs> like, it could pop up in, like, a playoff game. Yeah. No. Oh, my fucking God. How funny would that be? A TNT playoff game. A a lo-fi song about the character Meatwad pops up between commercial breaks. After Reggie Miller throws it to commercial. But they could do it. I don't have the rights to the song anymore. I signed him away. You could, you'd just be sitting there mouth agape. <laughs> yeah, that would be kind of amazing. Uh, all right, what is your number four? Mystery Science Theater 3000. Ooh, great pick. Have you watched the new version of that? Yeah, don't care for it. Ah, good to know. I will avoid. Do you like it? I haven't seen it. Yeah, I, I just, it doesn't work for me. Like, the whole point of it was, I think, honestly, I think I don't like Jonah Ray. Yeah, I mean, if you don't like the host, that's going to be a problem. I, I don't find him funny, and it just kind of doesn't work. I don't know. It's sad. I was looking forward to it. I watched, like, two, because I tried, you know when you do that thing where you try to, like, force yourself yeah. to like something? You give it just... the old two-episode try. Yeah, I was like, I gotta do it, I gotta do it, I love this show, I love, and I just, I couldn't do it. But the original, with both of the original hosts, um, Mike and then before that, uh, oh god, I forgot it, Joel, Joel's my fave, and then Mike took over for the later years, but um, they, it, it has a long history of, uh, kind of like, it was on, sci- it was on um, sci-fi, mm-hmm. so... It wasn't, or Comedy Central then sci-fi, I think, and it wasn't like, uh, wasn't like a mainstream hit or anything. They did release a movie in the late '90s, I think, uh, but it's it's one of those shows that it's got kind of like a devoted fan base that just stay. I know they still do like Turkey Day um, marathons and stuff, so um, it's like a yearly tradition. So. It's got a. It still has a loyal fan base. I still. I own a couple DVD sets, and I still watch them from time to time. They're great. No, it, that's a great pick, and I. I feel like it was for some reason. I was one of those horribly deprived children that did not grow up with cable, and it was one of those shows that my friends or relatives who had cable, it was like one of those shows I really wanted to be able to watch. And, like, that's kind of how I remember it in my early years. It did start um, in its infancy on local access in Minneapolis. So if you had grown up in Minneapolis, you would have been able to see it. Yeah, but if you had grown up in Minneapolis, like, ugh. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) Sideswipe, Minnesota. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, No, I have nothing against Minneapolis, except I don't really like the city very much. Uh, All right. (laughs) And, and now... And scene. Uh, okay, my number three is Arrested Development. So oh, really? Okay, the reason I am saying I am trying to ignore the two seasons that have come out since the original run. And so I'm just... I just feel like they didn't happen. Because I didn't enjoy them. But the original three seasons on Fox are so good. Yeah, I think my reaction was more like I didn't think of it as a cult show, but then as I thought of it more, it, it didn't get good ratings at the time, right? It was, was canceled. Like the, yeah, it was like the big thing about it. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I, I and I could see it's, you know, it's on a major network, so it's like, it was that really a cult show? But it did not have a following. I mean, if it did, it would have stayed on the air. I watched them live when they were first on, but yeah, I don't think, obviously, enough people didn't that yeah. it... <laughs> 
got canceled. I think didn't it get canceled twice? Um, that is possible. I mean, it, it was canceled that first time on Fox, and then like it's been on Netflix, but it hasn't been as good. Uh, so I don't know what the story is there in terms of being canceled. Plus, they had like the Jeffrey Tambor had his whole thing with um, kind of being caught up in the Me Too stuff. I guess he was a dick. So I, I'm guessing it's not going to run for another season unless they take him out. But either way, I don't even like the new two seasons. I thought the fourth season was like bad, but I love yeah. the first three seasons. Yeah, the first season I stopped watching like four episodes in or something like that it was so it was such a weird decision that they would try it and i i think they did this for scheduling purposes with the stars or whatever it doesn't really matter but it's like that they had each episode kind of follow a character but the whole season was on this like cyclical plot it was like so repetitive and bad yeah i i just they did some, there was like editing was weird because they would have overlap scenes, but they obviously couldn't get the stars yeah. for those. So it's just like, and sometimes I could find that funny, like as a, as like a, oh, look what they did kind of thing. But it just didn't, it just was like, they were trying, but it failed, you know, it's like, it wasn't, it didn't work. And it was one of the few times where I'm like, when you're a half an hour sitcom on network TV, it means your running time is like 21 or 22 minutes, like with commercials. And the Netflix ones, because they didn't have commercials or anything like that, they were free to run as long as they wanted. And so the episodes were more like 35 or 36 minutes. But I kind of felt actually like, you know what? This show works better as being 21 to 22 minutes long. Yeah, I think that's a part of it, too. They needed needed to cut down. And I watched a couple episodes of the fifth season. I didn't even get through it. It... It's, I don't know, I'm, I don't really like it either. But, <laughs> if I'm trying to advocate for this being number three on my list, ignore the fourth and fifth season on Netflix. The first three seasons, I think, are great. Yeah, I still rewatch those sometimes. Yeah, it's, uh, no, good show. Uh, Alright, what is your number three? Freaks and Geeks. Ooh, good one. I totally would have put this on my list if it weren't for the fact I've only watched one episode ever. It's a show that I really enjoy. Uh, I think it fits in with... Uh, I I don't always like this, but sometimes I like a good like nostalgia um, trip. Like, there's a show, Pen15, on Hulu. Have you seen that? No, I've seen ads for it, though, and I've heard a lot of people say it's really good. It's it's so good. Cannot recommend it highly enough. Very funny. Um, but it's like this... They, it's just... There's some the things that come to mind for me that fit into that were like when I was a kid I used to love Wonder Years, and late a little bit later uh, the Adventures of Pete and Pete, which was a Nickelodeon show. So I'm sorry I'm bringing back that cable topic. Oh, breaking my childhood heart. Sorry, but they just have this like it's almost like a wistful nostalgia. I don't Mm -hmm. know how to describe it. Freaks and Geeks was kind of like that, but it also was just outright funny. And the cast was was excellent. Uh, just Joe Flaherty played the dad, and he's an old SCTV vet. He's very very funny man. Um, all the like Seth Rogen and you know James Franco and all these people that went on to do a lot of stuff mm-hmm. were in it. Um, it's just a it's a great show that I was extreme. It's one of those shows I was extremely bummed out when it got canceled after one season, but the fact that it did almost lent 
to its longevity as like a cult hit so i would say so yeah like it's the fact that it was one season is known as well as it is produced the stars that it did you know it, it makes me want to go back and just watch it is it on netflix do you know i've watched what did i wa- i think it might be because i know i watched it within the last year or two Okay. So it has to be. I'm pretty sure it is. It's on one of the streaming major streaming services. All right. We embarrassingly, I think, have all of them. So I'm going to find it. Yeah, there's some stuff that when I rewatched it, I was like, remembered. Like, it doesn't hold up as well, but like the majority of it does. So I still think it's a very good show. No, it was. Um, I was like last night, Maggie had fallen asleep. Not last night. Let me take start that story over. Like a week ago. Uh, Maggie had fallen asleep and I was trying to find the like 2014 version of Godzilla and I went through all of our streaming services to see which one had it and at the end of the day I realized oh I had actually bought this movie on DVD and I could have just sitting there (laughs) and I was like trying to find like I'm not gonna pay for this on Amazon and I realized oh right I own the movie it's like the last movie I own that happens to me sometimes too. I'm looking, I'm like scouring the earth for something, and then I and I think, oh, there's a bunch of DVDs I never look at. Maybe it's in there. <laughs> it probably is. All right. Uh, what are we on? Number two. Is it? Yeah, it's your number two, right? Yes. Okay. This one. You know, is this a cult hit? I don't know. It's a cult hit for me. My number two is I'm Alan Partridge. Oh man. I don't care. Uh, it is, I think, now that you mention it, but... Well, yeah, th- this one is debatable. Not because... I think the reason it's debatable is because I'm not even sure it has a very big cult following. It was, like, yeah. clearly never popular in the U.S. It's a British no, show. You're absolutely right, and I just recently... Tim Heidecker is a huge fan, and he'll talk about it a lot on his podcast, but mm-hmm. that also fits into it being more of a cult hit because he's got a big fo- I mean he's got a decent following but he's kind of like on the fringe humor wise yeah wait so, hold on buried in what you just said Tim Heidecker has a podcast oh yeah it's, it's brilliant it's the best oh it's did called you, Office Hours oh my god I gotta download that did you see the movie Us yup yeah Us too. what did you no, think Us 2 Us 2's not out yet Right, right. That's the sequel that'll come out next year. Because Us made so much money. <laughs> it was great. Just a great, great film. I will say, Tim Heidecker was pretty funny in it. Just like body language wise. Yeah, he was great. I didn't know anything about what it was going to be. I refused to look at anything beforehand, which I recommend anyone do that before they watch this. It's nice but because he... like the previews of Us really only cover like probably what the first 45 minutes of the actual movie are. Yeah, I did not see a lot of that movie coming, and it was one of those ones that sticks with you a little bit. Yeah, it uh, goes... I, I won't say it goes off the rails, but it like goes way further than you'd expect. Yeah. Anyway, go see us. Go listen to Tim Heidecker's podcast, which I gotta get myself. And going back to it, I'm Alan Partridge. Cult show or not, I still love it. I consider it a cult show, at least for American audiences. One of my favorite all-time characters in shows. Just a, just a, some of the funniest stuff I think that you could find. And while we're plugging, go get Alan Partridge's audiobooks. You dingus. You dingus. Like you know what's crazy? I actually don't remember how I discovered Alan Partridge. 
You, I know you are responsible for me knowing about it because you gave me, the, you let me borrow the DVD. Well, and, and I know because like you were like, you like the British Office, like, and I, I always thought the whole time. I mean, I like Ricky Gervais in the British Office, and I was like, hey, you want to see the guy that did like that kind of awkward humor better than Ricky Gervais does it? You got to check out I'm Alan Partridge. If only I had known how like far and away better Steve Coogan is than Ricky Gervais at the I, time. Yeah, I love Steve Coogan. He is so fucking funny. He's 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 the man. Yeah. Alright, what is your number two? My number two is another show I have never seen. But it gets number two. Let's hear it. It's the Sarah Michelle Geller vehicle, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. You've never seen that show ever? Never seen an app. Wow, I think... I've probably seen maybe one or two episodes. Yeah, I don't know anything about it other than that everyone talks about it um, as a, like, there's like a, it's like one of those ones where there's just like a dedicated following and people will be like, oh yeah, like on Buffy. And I'm just like, I don't know what you're talking about. But it's uh, apparently um, made itself quite a following, so. It really has. And I will say, I was like one of those few people that, I remember seeing the movie Buffy the Vampire Slayer with a different actress, and I forget what the hell her name is, but it came out like three or four years before the show came out, and I liked that actress a lot, and I thought that movie was alright, and so I would say, to be contrarian, which of course I was in like middle school, uh, and throughout my entire life, but that like, oh, the movie version of Buffy the Vampire Slayer is way better, and... I got shot down on that so fast that I couldn't even argue against it. But I've really never seen, outside of an episode or two, the Sarah Michelle Geller version. I didn't even know there was a movie until you just mentioned it. Really? Oh, you gotta see it. I think it probably came out, uh, I would say, like, maybe 94, 95, something like that. But it is a movie. Luke Perry's in it. Rest in peace. Well, if there's... Yeah, rest in peace, and if there's ever a, a thing that's going to get me to watch something. It's, I like the movie. I like the actress in it. She's definitely cuter than Sarah Michelle Gellar, for sure. I, I just looked it up. It's Christy Swanson. There you go. Uh, I don't know what she's done since. Probably not a lot. She's, I know her from something. What do I know her from? Nothing like thinking on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but you don't, don't want to look up Google. No, I can't use that. I, I looked up who was in it, but then I, to click on her name is a whole nother... Uh, that's a wormhole for a different episode. Yeah. Hey, what do you think about future top five uh, Christy Swanson vehicles? Well, I can name one now. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Uh, good number two. All right, my number one is bump ba dum bum and it's been my number one in another episode too, but it's going to stay that way because I love this show. Home movies such a great show oh it's the best h john benjamin brendan small classic t not very good animation uh squiggle vision squiggle vision which so the show ran for four seasons they only did squiggle vision for the first season correct uh, i need the end yeah which is cr and but the crazy thing about the show is like so it was Squiggle Vision for the first season, but the first season is split between UPN and Cartoon Network. They only ran five episodes on UPN, a network that no longer exists. 
before they canceled it. If that's not the definition of a cult TV show, I don't know what is. Well, they needed room for Shasta McNasty. Yeah. <laughs> you know what is a favorite joke of mine? When Family Guy was canceled from Fox the first time, and then they came back like four or five years later. Not that I'm a big Family Guy fan, but I did think this was a funny joke. Uh, on their first episode back, they went through every single Fox show that like ran in their time slot in the four years that they were out. And it was a funny gag because they went through like a hundred fucking shows. <laughs> I remember how big of a controversy it was. Like everybody was crying for four years about Family Guy. Yeah. I mean, it was a thing because I like bought the Family Guy DVDs. Anyway, I'm not even talking about that show. Home Movies. I love that show. I love the soundtrack. I love that it's a mix of, it's mostly, especially in the later years, was mostly scripted, but did have those elements of like improv. Um, And then, of course, uh, I made um, an album based on their soundtrack that I took samples from. I just think like, it's such a good show. That album, your album is great too. I know I bring it up every time we talk about it, but it's, it's, uh, if you like that show, you got, you got to listen to the album. It's so good. You got some good Jason quotes in there. So Uh, funny. Yeah, it's just great. And I love, I want to give a special shout out to, uh, Dr. Katz for, he plays Melissa's father and he does some of the best improv scenes in that show. No, he is great, and I just think it's great that A. Sean Benjamin, and I didn't, I don't think I realized this initially, but I did realize it later, of course, when I saw the credits, but, like, A. Sean Benjamin plays both Jason and Coach McGurk, which, if you just watched the show, you would not think that was the same person. No, and those are two of the most consistently funny characters. Yeah, it's uh, uh, such a good show. I love that show. It's another one that I watch uh, every... So often. In fact, I'm due for a whole t- movies rewatch. I kind of am too. I I I think I'm gonna do that because yeah. It never it never loses its appeal to me. I've I've probably watched the entire series twenty times. No, that just like the movie Godzilla, I have the DVDs of. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's it's a true gem. Yeah, it really is. Great show. All right, what is your number one? My number one is a show that you may have mentioned previously, Twin Peaks. Oh, yeah. I mentioned that on a, a past episode. I've never seen it before, which I'm embarrassed it's, to say. Uh, it, well, it's... To me, it just, like, for some reason defines cult TV show. Mm-hmm. It's It's just... Like, I think there's an aspect to making something a cult classic, which is that... Oftentimes, it's not easily accessible or easily digestible because that's what kind of it could be of a super high quality, but maybe it only appeals to like a smaller percentage of the population because it's just got things that not everybody it's not made for mass appeal, you know? Yeah. And I think that that is personified in Twin Peaks. That is, I cannot speak to it. That's everything I've heard as well. I need to watch that show. I have no excuses at this point. No, I mean, it's, you know, it's it's one of those things. There's plenty of things I haven't seen that people are like, what? What is wrong with you? But it's just, I don't know, something about it. 
Um, did you know I'm three Fast and Furious movies behind? Oh, I've only seen the first one. Holy shit, you are seven behind, my friend. Yeah. I don't really see getting caught up on that. No. <laughs> I don't think I will be either, but, well, well. But we are going to get caught up on Johnny English, as we know. Yes. Uh, I need to... So there's three of those movies. I saw the first one and kind of half enjoyed it, so I need to catch up on the second and third one. Did, would that count as a cult movie to you? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Sorry, um, Johnny. All right, what are your... You got some honorable mentions for cult TV shows? I do, but before I... Li- well, I'm going to list them and then ask you a question. Perfect. So my list, Firefly, Doctor Who, Community, My So-Called Life, Wonder Shows, and, and Northern Exposure. I've seen one of those shows that you mentioned. Wonder Shows? Nope. Community. Uh, Wonder Shows is great. The DVD of Wonder Shows that I own has one of the characters who... That's a puppet-based show... Oh. And he, he's got, uh, when you open the front cover of the DVD, there's like a furry patch and it's his pubes. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Um, but my question is, do you think Portlandia is a cult show? That's a good question. I would say no. And the reason I would say no is kind of based on the definition that you gave for cult movie in the past. And for me, that's, do I think Portlandia has gained popularity kind of, like, since it came out? And I think I would say, not really. I mean, like, people like the show. I've liked the episodes I've seen. But I don't think that it's, it might still be going. But say it wasn't still going. I don't think it's gained any popularity since. That's fair. I would agree with you. And I would like to know what your honorable mentions are. Yeah, the one, okay... The, the thing that bucks the rule that I just made, or that you made originally, based on movies that I'm carrying over to TV shows, one show I did not consider a cult classic, because I think it's awesome and amazing, but maybe would count as a cult classic, just because it's gained popularity since it came out, is The Wire. Yeah, that's, I think that you're right, because even though I think it was pretty popular... It also is, it's like a, it's like street cred. Like, have you seen The Wire? Yeah, I I would say, like, you go back and look at the ratings, surprisingly not that popular when it was Oh, okay. It really, like, gained steam after it was done. But I I just decided not to count it. I really love The Wire, though, so don't get me wrong on that. I'm I'm not leaving it off my list. I just decided it didn't really count as a cult TV show. That's fair. But the ones that I think kind of count as a cult TV show, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, my honorable mentions were Archer, Mr. Show, and It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, I, I, I toyed with It's Always Sunny. I never thought of Mr. Show. That actually is a great point. And I think the reason I didn't is because David Cross... I, I think both of them went on to such success later yeah that it like retroactively makes me disqualify that but it's i think it is probably a cult show i think it's fair and i i know more than anyone that you love mr show oh i love it it's so so good it's not like you would be dissing it you would just be not considering it a cult classic no exactly exactly 
out there. But there's some good stuff out there. And to our listeners, I mean, if you have cult shows that you think we forgot about, we'd love to hear it from you. You can hit us up on Twitter, of course. That's at Whiskey Sessions. Or email us. That's Whiskey Sessions Music at gmail.com. We spell whiskey with an E. If you don't know that by now, you're probably not on our podcast. Uh, but we got to get to your emails now. These are your emails. You sent us emails to read. Emails! And now we'll read them. All right. So here's an email I have. Let's see. It says, Hey, dudes. It's great to discuss cult movies and shows, but what are your favorite cult cults? And this is from Wesley in Tillamook, Oregon. I would say David Koresh. What was that one called? The Branch Davidians. Oh, that's a good one. That's up there. The uh, the the sneaker one. How about this one? The Catholic Church. Oh, that's. Am uh, I right? Come that's, on. That's a big old cult right there. Yeah. Uh, all right. What do you got in the old email inbox? Okay, I got. Um, Oh, just starts right out. I recently noticed that when I wave at people who are standing out of earshot, I say to myself whatever I would have said to them if they could hear me. For example, my neighbor across and down the street a ways waves at me in the morning, and when I wave back, I quietly say, good morning. Do I qualify for the smooth train? Arthur in Pawnee, Kansas. Hmm. You know what? I kind of feel like the smooth train is a state of mind. Am I wrong? I think, yeah, the smooth train is what you make it. So, if Arthur is feeling like they want to be on the smooth train, I'm cer- certainly not going to deny them access. I think that we got Arthur on a technicality because, much like we disqualified Rum from getting entrance to the smooth train, I don't think people <laughs> yeah. can be on it, except for a cardboard crowded of Thomas Jefferson. Right. So... I think, Arthur, you're going to have to take the smooth bus. Yeah. Is it? Okay, here's a question for you on the smooth bus. Is it a Greyhound or is it a Megabus? I think it's a... I think it's a Megabus. But the nice thing about the Megabus is, though, if Arthur gets his fare several months in advance, it's only going to be a dollar. Is that true? That is true. So, like, Megabus, and I will give them all the credit for this, they advertise that their fares can be $1. And most people would say, oh, bullshit to that, right? But I went up to Minneapolis from Chicago for a urban planning conference back when I was going to school for planning. And I'll say this, uh, because we knew when the conference was, we've actually booked our Megabus tickets like three months in advance. And my friend in planning school, Dan, actually... Because he booked the first ticket on that bus, like, several months in advance, his fare was $1. How good must it feel to ride in a long bus ride when you know you only paid a dollar for it? A dollar! And I will say, I got the second bus ticket, which I felt like a sucker for, but it was still only $10, which, for, like, a seven, eight-hour bus ride to Minneapolis or whatever it was, it might have been even a little bit longer than that. Like, $10 is not bad. So it's not like if you get the first ticket, it's a dollar, and the second ticket's two dollars, and it just goes up. No, I think I think the f- the very first ticket on all their buses is one dollar, and then after that, it's like ten, and then 
who knows where it goes after that. If your last is a thousand. It is one million dollars. <laughs> which is why mega buses are half full. Yeah. Nobody wants to get screwed with that last ticket. No. You might as well get a private limo. Followed by a uh, catamaran of limos. No, no. What's the word I'm looking for? Not catamaran. Caravan. A cat- <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not catamaran. catamaran. Yeah. I like that too. Uh, I don't know how much a catamaran would cost you, but a caravan certainly would cost you. Especially if they're like stretch hummers or something. Yeah. But yeah, if you have an email that you would like to send us, please do. Our email address is whiskeysessionsmusic at gmail.com. And we'll read it on a future episode. But B-Pimp, I think that's it for this episode. Do you have any words of wisdom to leave our listeners with? You can't be on the smooth train if you're a a human. No, that is true. It is for whiskeys and maybe a rum, but not actually a rum. And that's it. So until next time, this is A-Mets saying peace out. And beep him. Bye. Adios. Adios.